Welcome to the Peachy Talks podcast with your host, Anna and Ness, where we discuss a series of topics within nutrition, health, and well-being in compact and easily digestible clippets. Each podcast will feature a topic of interest where we delve into concerning misconceptions, discuss leading scientific evidence, and each suggest three practical recommendations to take home. We are very excited to share with our listeners our first episode of the Peachy Talks podcast, where we are discussing the notion, do we live to eat or eat to live? So to start off, we did a survey online on how confident people felt on their basic knowledge of nutrition. It showed that only 37% of people felt confident, which corresponds to the huge contortion of nutrition through urbanized media and the abundance of sources whereby information on nutrition has been falsely depicted. We then went on to ask them about what they thought nutrition was. The main themes of their answers were based on food and energy, such as feel good food for my body, foods high in vitamins and fiber, balance of food needed versus desired, nutrients to fuel my body and general healthy eating. So as a dietitian yourself, Ness, how would you define nutrition as? Um, Considering all of these descriptions, they are all correct. Um, The World Health Organization states nutrition as a critical part of health and development. So as dietitians and nutritionists use the term nutrition in relation to the scientific study of this process. However, if I would define nutrition in my own words, I would define it as the nutrition is the main fuel for survival. To the rich, it is pleasure and to the poor, it is the fuel. Amazing. So in simple terms, the word nutrition simply equates to the process of eating food and how that is utilized in our bodies. We all know that food is essential for survival. It's important for health and bodily functions. Evidence strongly suggests that good nutrition can improve the quality of life by reducing major health risks and non-communicable diseases, including heart diseases, strokes, cancers, diabetes, and other chronic diseases. Around 71% of death worldwide is reportedly caused by non-communicable diseases that can be prevented through nutritional interventions. Given the vast benefitsness, can you help us explore the basics of nutrition through a healthy diet? Foods are comprised of macro and micronutrients. Macro, as the name means, large nutrients like carbohydrates, protein, and fats. These offer energy as fuel, also known as calories, and serve as the building blocks for muscle and tissue to maintain good health in overall. However, the micronutrients are smaller nutrients, which are the sources of vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals, which are particularly important for vegans and vegetarians. These nutrients don't necessarily count towards calories, but they are essential for critical functions that ensures our body is operating at an optimal level. Now, vitamins aid in energy production, bone formation, immunity, eye and skin health. For example, vitamin C is a water-soluble vitamin, an antioxidant with anti-inflammatory properties that help with wound healing and immunity. 
There has been ongoing debate on the use of vitamin C for the treatment of COVID-19. The rationale behind it being that oxidative stress in numerous disease states like infections and sepsis require a higher dose of vitamin C. And because COVID-19 causes sepsis, there is a potential role for treatment. However, inconclusive and insufficient data from clinical trials have not confirmed the use as treatment. Although we highly recommend that everyone maintain their daily requirement of vitamin C, especially during this critical time, just to boost our immune systems. Um, if we look at the recommendations, it is suggested that um, men should have 90 milligrams and women should have about 75 milligrams of vitamin C during the day. Um, you can achieve these targets by simply incorporating food sources that are rich in vitamin C in your diet. For example, having more citrus fruits, of um, which are oranges, grapefruits, kiwi, strawberries, as well as peppers, uh, broccoli, dark green leafy vegetables, and so on. Perfect. So if you are still worried about not getting enough, then supplementing is an alternative option. Although there are few cases of overdosing, which may cause diarrhea, nausea and stomach cramps. Let's talk about minerals. Minerals are inorganic substances that help to maintain cardiovascular health and provide structure to the skeleton through the formation of bones. Minerals are particularly important for making enzymes and hormones that are required within the body. Minerals are divided up into macrominerals and trace minerals. These are on the basis of the amounts that are required for the body. For example, calcium and magnesium help muscle and blood vessels to relax. This prevents any cramps and further high blood pressure. Normally, a varied and balanced diet will provide all the essential minerals that are required. Because both macro and micronutrients are such large topics to discuss, we will be preparing a full episode on this in the upcoming weeks. So Ness, can you talk us through how we can achieve healthy diets using these nutrients? Right, so we understand that we need a diet which consists of both macro and micronutrients. We, dietitians and nutritionists, use a tool called the Eat Well Guide. This guide is essentially the healthy food plate guide that illustrates the proportions of food groups that should be included within your meals throughout the day. Exactly. So the general guidelines suggest that your plate should include the five main food groups, which includes fruits and vegetables, starchy carbohydrates, protein-rich foods, dairy products, and lastly, the oils and spreads. So when we look into the fruits and vegetables, this section should make up just over a third of the plate, and we can aim to eat at least five portions of a variety of fruit and vegetables across the day. And looking into starchy carbohydrates, which are bread, rice, pasta, potatoes, yam, plantain, or um, preferably whole grain options of the breakfast cereals, porridge, these type of carbohydrates should make up just over a third of the eat well plate as well. And when we look at the, the model, 
we have only one remaining one third of the plate um, that we need to fill. So if we divide that one third of the plate into two between protein rich foods and dairy products, that will help us to meet all that um, nutrients across the day. So the protein rich foods is basically what we um, address as the pulses, beans, fish, eggs, meat, and other protein sources such as the plain nuts. And the dairy products would be the milk, yogurt, cheese, cork, or kefir iron from ash phrase or the dairy alternatives. Um, and lastly, I would just like to touch on to the oils and spreads. Um, this part of the uh, plate only makes up about 1% of the eat well plate. So some fats in our diets are essential, but we need to think about the type of fat we add to our food. For example, choosing the plant-based fats over animal-based products would be much more advisable. Amazing. So in practice, Ness, if this was a weekend and if we were having a roast dinner, how could we incorporate this meal into the Eat Well Guide? Okay, so that's a really good point, Anna, very good example. Um, so let's have a think about, so what I would recommend that, that us like, or the people to choose the average size plate. And as we, if we think about the Eat Well Guide, we can aim to fill one third of that plate with the roasted vegetables of what the, um, you, have, you might have cooked. And the other one third of the plate could be filled with the um, starchy carbohydrates, which could be the roasted potatoes. And the remaining one third of the plate could be difficult to divide between dairy and uh, um, protein, as um, it depends what cultural foods that we are eating, we may just focus on the protein alone. So that could be the one third of that part could be um, our roasted chicken. But on top of that, if we really wanted to include the dairy in that meal, we can have it just after the meal as um, um, perhaps the rice pudding or the low-fat yogurt um, to get the dairy from there. Great. Um, so in terms of fulfilling your macronutrients, that's all covered. Now, how do we fulfill our micronutrients? It can be a little unrealistic to measure quantities because the minuscule sense of the scale. Um, there is a great way you can get this balance just right. I'm sure most of our listeners have heard of the slogan, eat a rainbow. This is a fantastic way to make sure you get both your macro and micronutrients you need by consuming a variety of range of fruits and vegetables in your diet. Uh, for example, eating pulses and legumes as a vegetable source can also provide you with lean protein, um, or if you're consuming nuts, this can also provide you with a healthy unsaturated fat. The key thing to remember is to try and have different colors, shapes and sizes of foods throughout the day, making sure you are not repeating the same meals over and over again. Exactly. And something just to add on top of that, that we need to remember, we also require an uptake of one and a half to two liters of water per day. And this is simply to maintain a good hydration status um, for ourselves and also continuous supply of oxygen to the brain and to the rest of the body. 
that leads us perfectly into the main topic of the episode, do we live to eat or eat to live? Take it away for us, Ness. Right. I have recently bought this book called Nutrition by Dr. Sarah Brewer, and I have been reading it throughout the lockdown. Um, And there is a part which has caught my particular interest, which I wanted to share and discuss in today's podcast. Um, So all of us individually certainly have different relationships with food. This is a simple fact. And many of us, in fact, may have complex relationships with the um, food that goes beyond just obtaining the nutrition that is required to feel growth, body maintenance, physical activity, and overall good health. Now, if we divide the population into two, we may find that some live only to eat. Characterization of this group could be identified as people who are more adventurous with food and experiment with new tastes and flavors. So the study that we did, the survey that we did, showed that 34% of people agreed with this statement. Yes, on the other hand, some people eat only to live. These can be people who only obtain just enough nutrition to sustain life. 66% of the participants, the vast amount of people agreed with this notion. What this means is that when we compare both groups, the first group, in other words, people who agreed with live only to eat may show more likeliness to obtain more nutrition than they need or require, which can lead to weight-related issues in the future. In comparison to the second group who eat only to live might be juggling with their body image and hunger cues risking undernutrition. Okay, so whatever group that we may land on, it's important to remember that the way we obtain nutrition can have a huge impact on our health and even on our life expectancy. Ness, so which group should we be aiming to be in and why? Ultimately, the ideal is to get the balance right so that you live to eat as well as eat to live. Therefore, mindful food choices on the quality and quantity of food can prevent future health issues. So coming to the end of our first episode, we would like to give you a few practical recommendations on beginning a healthy and nutritious lifestyle with easy take-home messages. My first recommendation is based on what we have discussed earlier today, which is implementing the eat well plate model into your meals. And next recommendation is uh, making healthier food choices by cooking from scratch, limiting the intake of takeaways and reducing consumption of energy dense foods or snacks in your diet. And finally, make sure that you keep yourself hydrated throughout the day. Remember, one and a half to two liters of water per day is what we aim for. And now I'll pass you to Anna to tell us what her suggestions are. Thank you, Ness. Some lovely recommendations from you. So my first recommendation is what we learned today about making sure you eat a rainbow of foods during the day. My second recommendation is to stop food shaming. This is so that we stop any subconial negative emotions towards the relationship between food. This leads me on to my final recommendation, which is to enjoy your food. So make sure that you're eating without any feelings of guilt. 
We hope you've enjoyed the first episode of Peachy Talks and join us back next week on the topic of vitamins and minerals. Find us on our social media page on Instagram at peachy.talks. Have a wonderful weekend, everyone. Hashtag stay peachy. Stay healthy.